Hello and welcome to Dairy Pod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. In this podcast episode, we sit down with John Droppett, who is the Industry Insights and Analysis Manager for DA, to discuss insights from the December 2022 Situation and Outlook Report. Set against a context of strong farm finances and stable milk prices, the analysis of the three months to December picks up on challenges caused by inflation and widespread spring flooding. Our discussion delves into some of these and other report findings, including the factors influencing an increase in sales of fresh milk and yogurt, the ongoing workforce shortage issues, seeing increased investment in labour-saving technologies, plus the impacts on Australia's milk production outlook for 2023. Well, I'm here today with John Droppett. John, hello. Pleased to be with you, John. How are you going? Good, thank you. Uh, we're here today to talk about the new situation and outlook, and I thought one of the places to start would just be to uh, to get you to re-describe for us how many SNO reports there are per year, and where does this one fit within that within that landscape in a calendar year? Yeah, so this this four a year, John. We do a really big one in um, in June or May June, usually at the, sort of towards the end of the season, start of the new season. And then we do smaller reports in in February or March, uh, September and December. So uh, that for me, that's been forty reports. So if it feels 40. like we're doing it again. Then it's a uh, story of my life. So this is this is my fortieth situation outlook at DA. Uh, maybe I'm getting better at it. I'm not sure. But um, this report uh, is really aimed at capping off where we've been through the spring period. So obviously we start the season uh, with hopes and dreams in you know looking ahead in May and June, and then you get through the spring, and of course, you know, milk peak is past, spring flush is past, uh, and you've got some data around that, and you can really reassess where you're at in production terms. We've got a pretty good idea of where the, you know, the grain harvest, um, fodder crops are going to be at, uh, and, of course, we're looking at uh, capping off a, a calendar year in terms of dairy markets. So this is really a good juncture to pull apart a lot of those different factors at once. So I'm just reflecting uh, briefly on the fact that this is your 40th. So that means that for essentially 10 years, you've been working on those reports. And I suppose that um, allows you to carry with you a, um, a really nice historical perspective of what sort of things have been in previous ones and how that is um, uh, reflected or um, can be uh, viewed in the, in the current one as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But also, you know, there's, there's things that we haven't seen at all in that time. So, um, you know, really strong uh, dairy price inflation on supermarket shelves, for example. You know, most of that period uh, we've been talking about dollar milk or, um, you know, retail prices being quite uh, subdued, quite, you know, suppressed even. Um, whereas now, you know, the price of milk, the price of dairy is moving quite rapidly, um, you know, to reflect what's going on in the world more broadly. Well, can can we start off perhaps um, with that as a as an entry point? Can we start off this uh, uh, this discussion by um, asking you to sort of briefly summarise what's in the report around um, the current situation facing dairy farmers um, up and down the country? Yeah, well, as many people who are listening know or, or will have you know experienced firsthand, it's been a you know, extremely wet spring. Um, so we we came into this season, uh, you know, the profitability numbers were looking pretty good. Um, you know, dairy farm monitor tells us that uh, about last year, and, and and many of the settings haven't changed a great deal. You know, costs were 
uh, going to be higher across the whole season rather than from November, but milk price was higher in turn. Um, so, so the costs, you know, the profitability story was all right. The confidence story uh, was pretty good as well, as we, we saw with the National Dairy Farmers Survey. But of course, it was another La Nina season, and, and as, it, as it turned out, uh, we had a really wet spring, um, and that's you know, caused a lot of disruption on the farm, um, trying a lot of challenges out there. Uh, we're still dealing with labour shortages. Uh, so, so it's been a spring where uh, you know, there's been a few spanners thrown into the works there, and I think it's, uh, it's created some challenges, and, uh, and, and probably we're most pointedly seeing that in terms of milk production you know, as we've got to this point just through the peak. Um, so, yeah, I think some, some good macro indicators, but also some real challenges out there at the moment. So given the, um, uh, the flooding that you've just mentioned in some parts of or some, uh, some areas of the eastern states, um, is that really graphically reflected at a regional level within the SNO report? It's in, in terms of the SNO report, uh, we've, we've alluded to it, but we haven't really dissected it yet because um, our data up to now is, is covering October, which of course, you know, half of October was, was flooded. Um, the other half was, was just pre-flooding, <laughs> wet. Um, so we saw, uh, we saw, we've seen a huge impact in New South Wales, Queensland from the earlier floods in the year. Uh, we, we sort of know what's unfolded in, in uh, Northern Victoria, in Tassie, uh, you know, in other, other parts of the state, more isolated parts. Um, but what we know about the flooding, obviously, is there's going to be a significant impact. And I'm pulling together a re-forecast at the moment to go to our board to, to really unpack that. Um, but looking at the big, the big picture impact, I suppose, in this report more so than, um, than the nuts and bolts. So that, I suppose, uh, implies also that um, having a, a good understanding of what the uh, things like the fodder market are going to be doing in the next couple of months is something that still is really unfolding as people are sort of entering in and trying to get harvest done. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, you can you can sort of state the obvious, like, well, clearly this situation we've seen isn't good for fodder production, isn't good for fodder markets, uh, if, you're, if you're a buyer at least. Uh, so prices will be higher, milk production will be lower. Um, you know, this report puts all those things together, but individually, you know, they're kind of obvious as well. Um, and we've got other work that's underway. Um, to probably go beyond the obvious headline and look at, well, you know, where will fodder be short specifically and what options will be out there? What's, uh, you know, will there be any silver linings anywhere? You know, and how can we unpack those? Same with milk production and, and stuff that I've been doing since, you know, since writing this one. Okay. Can you describe for us um, some of the other factors that might be impacting on uh, operational costs or profitability at the moment that are captured in the, in the report? Yeah, so we've talked about the you know the flooding and the local um, you know the more local impacts. You know we've we've still got massive geopolitical uncertainty globally. Um, you know the war in Ukraine's um, you know sort of grinding on, and um, and we've seen you know again we talked about it last time the volatility associated with that geopolitical uncertainty. So um, you know the example I've given in a few presentations recently was you know. Friday night, the uh, you know the Russians said they weren't going to stick with the grain deal, you know the Black Sea grain export deal, you know grain prices skyrocketed, uh, and then the, you know the Turks and the Ukrainians said they were going to export grain through the Black Sea anyway, and and you know obviously there was a bit of uncertainty there, and then I think by by Sunday or Monday morning the Russians had said you know what we'll be part of this deal after all, and of course prices come back down again. Those sorts of things happening, um, you know, on an almost weekly basis. Uh, you know, we had the uh, you know, the time we're recording this. You know, we we've had the the Ukrainian 
um, you know, strikes on Russian bases, which, you know, which sort of some people see as, as being a new phase in things. So uh, a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, if we look at the other end of things, we look at the, you know, the milk price or dairy markets. We've, we've got the COVID situation in China and, you know, the government's still working through uh, whether they keep trying to suppress the virus or whether they join the rest of the world and, um, and you know, sort of pursue some kind of opening up. And, and even if they do that, obviously, there's, there's still huge uncertainties for that market, which is, uh, which is really the bellwether for global dairy demand. You know, if, if, China is, is, if demand is bad in China, then, uh, then the dairy markets are very soft. John, you've um, you've talked recently at the start of this uh, podcast around. You, know, you briefly touched on labour shortages and sort of picking up on that. Um, how does this report reflect on how uh, dairy farmers are trying to adapt uh, to those specific challenges around labour availability or workforce workforce availability? Yeah, so there's some really good um, analysis of of the dairy farm monitor results from last season. Now, last season's a long time ago for you know for a lot of people, uh, you and me included. Um, but um, but you know, as, as time goes on and the data is collected and and uh, and analysed, um, some of these things can be unpicked. And you know, we all know labour labour is a massive constraint at the moment. It's a massive constraint going forward. Um, but uh, yeah, but, the, but pulling apart those dairy farm modern numbers, you can see where uh, where farmers who have had that profitability have had the margin to invest, um, but have had the physical constraints associated with labour. Um, you know, they've obviously been matching the two, um, and so we've seen more investment in uh, you know in the fancy stuff like you know more automation in the dairy or automated dairies overall. Um, um, you know, technologies such as you know ID collars and things like that. Um, but also the basic stuff like you know, tracks and laneways and fences and uh, new tractors, anything that helps um, save labour, helps attract labour because you know, you've got a better operate, a better working environment. Um, we're seeing farms putting money into those things. Very good. Um, I suppose yeah, the um, the next question is um, uh, pretty topical given uh, the results from the Reserve Bank. Uh, only yesterday, uh, looking at another interest rate rise. But obviously that feeds into uh, discussion that's happening in the community more generally around cost of living uh, and the cost of living increasing. So how do you think that's flowing through to consumer demand for uh, dairy products? Um, and how is that reflected in the SNO report? Yeah, so we, we did some... Um uh, some some in depth analysis on this, and there's a there's a whole article in the in in this SNO dedicated to that. Um, pulling apart some of this really detailed consumer purchasing data you can get, um, at, at, especially at retail level, you know, in supermarkets and such. And what we found to date uh, is that consumers haven't been cutting dairy out. Um, they've been sticking with dairy, but they've been um, Making making conscious decisions around what they purchase, so they're obviously feeling the pressure. Um, you know, CPI is up, I think, seven a bit over seven percent in the uh, in the September quarter, and uh, dairy, the dairy sort of food CPI part of that was up twelve percent. So you know, talk about dairy prices on the shelf going up, you know, more than they have probably in the last ten years uh, put together. So dairy prices are up, um, and we're seeing consumers making conscious decisions. So they've noticed, you know, that they, they're not. Not just kind of still buying the same stuff. Uh, so what we see is uh, we, we see consumers doing more cooking at home again. So obviously that that saves money. You know more of the more of your kind of block butter and that kind of cooking product. Uh, we're seeing consumers 
uh, buying more product on special. Um, there's actually, you know, incidentally, there's less specials being offered. That's one of the retail strategies to try and, um, you know, deal with inflation without kind of putting the price up is just have less specials. Uh, but consumers are pursuing specials and buying more product on special uh, and also trading down, you know, buying more private label products, um, swapping and changing between brands, um, you know, again, following that specials or if the price of one moves and the other one hasn't yet, that sort of thing. Um, so, so making these conscious decisions, being a bit more picky um, about, you know, where that price point's at and trying to get effectively the same end result, but but keep that grocery bill down. Yeah, I mean, the way I'm interpreting what you've said is it, it sounds like there's just more volatility and consumer uh, decision-making that's happening at the supermarket shelf. Yeah, volatility uh, in, the, in the outcomes, I think, but also um, that conscious element and that focus on, on cost and price um, where maybe, maybe you know, 12, 18 months ago it was about where's the product come from and, you know, gee, it's good to have it on the shelf at all. Um, you know, now it's more, uh, well, gee, I need to save a bit of money here. Thanks for that, John. Uh, I suppose the final thing we just wanted to cover off in this uh, brief discussion is um, what does the Situation Outlook report uh, tell us uh, at the moment around um, international demand for Australian products going overseas? And uh, I suppose the general trends in our in our key export markets. Yeah, so I mentioned the you know the geopolitical uncertainty, the the, the challenges out of China. Um, those are kind of the overriding factors in, in global markets at the moment. Um, but of course, the other part of the equation is uh, what's going on with milk production. Um, now we've crossed the ditch to New Zealand. Uh, they're facing many of the same challenges we are. Um, so milk production has been really slow there too, um, as, you know, through their spring. Um, the Northern Hemisphere is a little bit different. So the US is, is pushing ahead. They're, they're growing. Uh, Europe's growing as well. So there is, there is more milk hitting the global market. Uh, at a time where demand is pretty soft. So that's keeping prices, um, you know, drifting, drifting downwards. Um, if I can, if I can sort of try and uh, sp be specific about that, what we're not seeing is the sort of price crashes that we often see, um, you know, as, as things adjust. Um, but obviously downwards is, uh, is, is, is not, not ideal if we're, if we're selling product at the moment. So, um, so the global market is drifting. Um, the issue with Australian um, supply, as, as as often as ever, has been um, that we don't have enough to supply our our key markets more so than that uh, we've got surplus product and people don't want it. So um, I think the, those those global indicators um, coming down they obviously affect the price you can receive for product, um, but Australian product is still trading at premium because there's just there's not enough of it, and there's buyers out there that. You know, that have formulated product around Australian specifications. They've used Australian product for 40 years. They want Australian product. Um, you know, they will pay to pay for it um, up to a point, obviously. They're, they're trying to make a margin as well. So um, uh, so I think, you know, we don't have trouble selling Australian product, um, but the, the overall situation is one where prices have been coming off in recent times. And uh, I suppose finally, just following up from that, since the last SNO report, has there been anything worth reflecting upon in the uh, Aussie dollar exchange rate, which has fed into that at all, or is it pretty much uh, a static situation in terms of our um, uh, our trade, the trading terms for our dollar? I think it's been more or less. I don't think it's been one of the top influences. Um, you know, obviously, we've been uh, interest rates have been rising here. Um, 
but but that's been pretty consistent across you know, most major economies. Um, interest rates interest rates are rising everywhere. So um, probably the key influences that we've been looking at have been you know, that global market, which obviously you know is the market clearing price for a lot of product. Um, but the flip side being the Australian market, where you know two thirds of our product stays, um, uh, where prices are rising fairly strongly, and so. Uh, put those together, I think conditions are still fairly supportive for farm gate prices, but uh, um, but certainly you know there's there's things to be watching as we head into the new year. Terrific. Well, John, thank you very much for that. Thanks for the uh, brief Cooks tour uh, through the SNO that's coming out. In fact, it's been released now, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, this week. Yep. It's yeah. out now. So it's out at the start of December. And I suppose um, certainly need to say congratulations on report number four zero. Four zero, the big four zero. That's a milestone. <laughs> John, thank you very much. Thanks, John. If you would like to read the full December 2022 Situation and Outlook report, you can find it at www.dairyaustralia.com.au forward slash S-A-N-D-O. We really hope that you'll enjoy this podcast and remember that there are plenty more on a broad range of dairy industry topics covered in the Dairy Pod program. So please don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. If you've got any questions or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. And you can get in touch with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Thanks very much for listening. And bye for now.